Hey, hey, welcome to the MOD Report. This is the show where we talk all things HR and the crazy things we go through in the hospitality industry. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Giffen, and today we are going off script, folks. I have no plan for today's show except to talk about a few things related to the COVID-19 coronavirus and how it is impacting employees as well as ownership groups and leadership uh, and our government for that sake. So um, I'm just going to kind of chit chat here. I have no outline, um, just kind of going off of several uh, pieces of information that I'm piecing together and also with the phone calls I am receiving from clients asking for help and guidance um, is in terms of the COVID-19 and, and, and what to do. You know, I will say, um, I, I really do believe, and I said this like five days ago in a uh, LinkedIn uh, post, and that is that I really do believe that unfortunately, uh, this virus is going to bankrupt more people than it kills. And, um, you know, obviously death is never a good thing and neither is bankruptcy. And so I don't want to be, I don't want to compare the two, but I, I guess I say that because I want people to really understand regardless of where you're at in life, you know, if you're a young student or a parent or even um, a grandparent in retirement, it is important to understand that the impact that this will have on your personal financial uh, budget is uh, going to be great. And there is already talk about uh, layoffs and furloughs and perhaps even complete company closures is in terms of what's happening. And, and a lot of you listening right now, um, including myself and some friends and family, have all been um, told to work from home, don't, don't come into work, put, you know, in my case, put all of your in-person classes online. And, you know, so you have a bunch of professors and, and teachers scrambling to convert their classes online, which is no easy task, folks. Um, it takes months to prepare an online class, um, but doing the best we can in light of this. Never in my experience and probably in the experience of the older generation have we experienced something like this where we have politicians and government and officials basically um, shutting everything down, uh, it seems. And as of now, uh, in California, the California governor, uh, Gavin Newsom, uh, as well as two major cities in the Los Angeles County area, Eric Garcetti in the city of Los Angeles and Robert Garcia for the city of Long Beach are following suit and the advice based off of what Governor Newsom is recommending and, and how that impacts the hospitality industry is as follows. The governor, as well as these mayors, have asked that all restaurants uh, limit, limit service to mostly takeout and takeout only uh, or delivery services and to avoid um, serving over capacity or at capacity. So if your occupancy at your restaurant is 100, um, you want to put that at 50 uh, and limit it to 50% less of your total occupancy. Um, furthermore, there has been um, closures of bars and nightclubs, uh, as well as um, a bunch of other venues like wineries and brew pubs, etc. Um, 
non-essential gatherings can be limited to 250 people, which basically has canceled every major event in entertainment in Los Angeles uh, County alone uh, with major events coming up, whether that's the Grand Prix or the LGBTQ uh, gay pride events, you know, those kind of things have been canceled. Um, with St. Patrick's Day parades canceled. Uh, concerts and, 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 and theater productions canceled. All these things have a trickling effect, um, not just on employees uh, and, and budgets, but also on the local economy. Makes you wonder how the heck is government going to collect tax revenue from these businesses when the businesses are not generating monies to pay for that revenue. When your hotel bed occupancy is at 13% and the government takes that 13% tax to reinvest it in infrastructure and personnel, et cetera, those monies aren't there when hotel occupancy, hotel occupancy is dropping to single digit numbers. There's a major hotel uh, just in Orange County that I heard is at 3% occupancy, folks. 3%. That's worse occupancy levels than I dealt with during 9-11 when I was a front desk agent when we were hitting about 10 to 15% occupancy on average. The latest STAR report um, that I received uh, today is for numbers reporting during the first week of March. So it is still premature to really report out on that. But I will tell you that based off of that data in the first week of March, hotel occupancies are definitely slipping compared to last year. Um, again, just in Los Angeles and Long Beach alone, this time last year in the first week of March, occupancy was at 81.5%. Today, we're at 74.7%. And, and there are other major metropolitan cities. You know, I'm looking at Washington, uh, Seattle, Washington, Occupancy has dropped, uh, let me see, uh, 19% over last year. Oh my goodness. 19% over last year. That's insane. I was supposed to go to Vegas this weekend just to kind of get away from some things and, and just have a good time. And that was canceled. MGM Resorts and Wynn Resorts have announced that all of their properties will be closing effective on Tuesday, March 17th, and all reservations have been canceled up through uh, early uh, April, and uh, they'll be reevaluating that. You know, it's funny that when I'm in Vegas, I, I look at these casinos and they, you know, it's a 24-7 operation, and there's locks on the front doors. And I would say, I used to ask myself, what the heck are those locks for? These, why would you ever have to lock up a casino in Las Vegas? Well, now I know. Now I just answered my own question. Uh, it's times like these that they are going to shut their doors. And so the strip of Las Vegas is empty. Pretty crazy. We're supposed to go to New Orleans the following week. And um, that's not happening as I ring in my 40th birthday. was was going to go down to Bourbon Street with some friends and, and have a good time. But Bourbon shut down last night on March 15th. They are closed. So we're not doing that as well. So not only... Our hotels losing revenue and cruise liners are no longer sailing for the next several months, but now airlines, airlines requesting billions of dollars in a bailout from the government. I just don't know how this is sustainable, folks. I, I really don't. And I don't understand how the unemployment fund is really going to be able to handle this kind of pressure when layoffs have already begun. 
um, I, I just don't see it. And, and when we're asking for these bars and restaurants and entertainment venues to close down, I don't see where the money is going to come from for such unemployment claims. The unemployment fund is funded by businesses through, through taxes and through an, a, a payroll employment tax. But if you have nobody on your payroll in order to pay that tax, there's not enough money in the reserves to take care of it. And this isn't to scare you. This is just to prepare you. And by preparation, I mean you need to start looking at areas like I know we have in our own budget uh, that we can start cutting and, and start limiting and, and, and start um, saving money uh, for the important necessities that we are going to need. And the first thing to go is discretionary spending, and that includes travel. Travel and hospitality is the number one thing that gets slashed in discretionary budgets. And so with that, whether it's your personal budget or you are a hotelier or business, um, those are the things you need to look at. Let me talk a little bit about, um, you know, outside of the hospitality industry, let me talk a little bit about what's happening in Washington, D.C. and how it impacts the United States as a whole. You may be familiar with the Family Medical Leave Act, in other words, known as FMLA. FMLA um, generally applies to employers of 50 or more and is used for multiple reasons for medical leave, whether that's to take care of your own medical condition or that of a, uh, of a relative or for adoption. Well, interestingly, this has, um, in the House of Representatives, there is bipartisan approval, and, and President Donald Trump has even um, said that he would support this bill. And this bill was passed uh, through... Uh, through the House of Representatives uh, a couple days ago. However, and by the way, just for reference point, uh, this is known as H.R. 6201 is the bill, and it was passed with 363 to 40 votes. And it was supposed to be presented to the Senate today at noon on March 15th. However, that has been paused and is being held up in the House of Representatives by a congressman before it makes its way to the Senate. Should it make its way to the Senate and be signed into law, where it's at today, where it's at right now, and again, this information will probably be be outdated by the time you receive it, so make sure you listen and, and follow carefully if you are a business owner. But where it's at today is that it is designed to expand coverage and eligibility to workplaces that have 500 employees or less. So if you have fewer than 500 employees, this law will impact you. Um, so that's pretty interesting in how that's worded. But essentially what it's saying is that should an employee contract the um, COVID-19 virus, they will be eligible for FMLA as long as they've been with the employer for 30 days prior to such leave. And, you know, the the bill goes on and it's, it's 12 weeks of paid 12 weeks of paid job protective leave to allow that employee to recover. Who is paying for that pay uh, for that 12 weeks of pay? The employer. The employer is to be responsible for the uh, for such medical leave pay. I don't know how the majority of employers is going to be able to afford that to be quite honest with you, but 
We'll see. We'll see what, and, I, and that's probably why the bill has stalled right now and is, is being held up in the House before it goes to the Senate. So we'll see what happens there. But um, that's what's happening is that the, the federal government has proposed that should an employee contract COVID and they've worked for you for 30 days or more, they would be entitled to 12 weeks of paid job protective leave for that time to recover. Um, also, it would apply to, uh, um, to the care of a relative, a care of a child, etc. cetera. Um, so that's interesting. There's also in this bill something known as Emergency Paid Sick Leave Act, where, again, it, it falls under um, employers of 500 or less, uh, where regardless, regardless of how long the employee has worked for you, they could have worked for you for one day, should they need to take paid sick leave or should they need to take sick leave? Should they need to take sick leave as a result of the coronavirus? You will be required to pay 80 hours of paid sick leave at the employee's regular regular rate or two-thirds of that. Um, so that's interesting. And, and part-time employees, by the way, would also be entitled to it, entitled to paid paid leave as well. So this is an expansion of the Family Medical Leave Act. It's, it's, it's really called the Emergency Family and Medical Leave Expansion Act is what's being proposed. So right now, uh, the bill goes on and it says that, you know, $1 billion in 2020 will be given to states as in terms of an emergency grant to help cover unemployment insurance benefits. Um, but again, I, I, $1 billion across 50 states is barely scratching the surface in my opinion, but you know, it's a start, I guess. Um, so that's being proposed as well as tax credits, tax credits for employers to pay for the paid sick and family medical leave act. Now I'm not, I'm not a CPA or an accountant for that matter, but I will tell you just from reading, uh, the proposed bill, all I know is that employers could be entitled to a refundable tax credit that's equal to 100% of the leave wages uh, for that employee, but but it's capped out. It's capped out at $511 per day, which for some employees, believe it or not, that barely scratches the surface as well. Um, and once again, I'm not sure how the government is going to be able to afford that if there's no other tax revenues coming in due to such layoffs. So I'm not sure how that works, except... I guess, keep building upon the national debt, I guess. But even then, we would need to get a loan from another country. So not sure where that stimulus is coming from, but that is where it's at as of, well, now 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on March 16th. So, folks, I'm not sure if this has helped you or not, but at the end of the day, let me tell you this. We've gone through this before, maybe not at this level where we're shutting things down, you know, at, at such a great level where we've been so connected to the world economy and shutting businesses down to help prevent the spread of some kind of virus. I, I, not in my lifetime. However, I will say that the hospitality industry has, especially the cruise liners, um, are notorious for going through these crises and overcoming them. And, you know, Marriott, when I was working for Marriott International back during September 11, 
um, during September 11, 2001, you know, during that year when occupancy has dropped significantly or even during the housing crash during the recession, employers made cuts. Employers made cuts, people were laid off and people lost their jobs and it was tough. It was extremely tough, but somehow, some way, the industry bounced back. It bounced back and it became stronger, I think, because of it. So I, I, I want you to really look at the good and in, in, in all of this, if there is any good. And um, it, it kind of makes me think about uh, Mr. Rogers, if you... <laughs> If you, I grew up with Mr. Rogers on PBS, totally my generation. But you know what he used to say is that during, and I'm paraphrasing here, but during a crisis, you know, look for the helpers that are out there. Look for the helpers. The helpers, rather than those who are running around with their heads cut off, look for the people that are helping those people. You know, are there, you know, is there something that you can do? that can make a positive impact on someone who's less fortunate? Is there an elderly person who can't go to the grocery store that you might be able to go pick up some food for and have it delivered to her? Is there something, you know, can, when you're driving down the freeway or on the road, can you let someone merge through and, you know, just show a little act of kindness? So I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes the, the crises bring the best out of people and it, and it really is sad in a sense, like during 9-11, I remember how much patriotism there was when, when that happened. You had people standing outside, bonding together and waving the American flag and, and holding each other and crying together and weeping and, and building each other up. And it takes a tragedy and a crisis to really understand who we are as a society and, and humanity. And, you know, it's out there. And you see people helping one another. So look for the good. Look for the good. Get away from your phones and the constant pinging and the notifications and the Twitter and the just the constant flood of information. And take a step back and realize really what's important. And at the end of the day, you are important. And find some gratification in knowing that you're alive and that you're healthy and that your family is healthy and that your cat and your dog is happy to have you as an owner, and just kind of take a deep breath and realize this is not the end of the world. This is not the end of the world. The Cuban Missile Crisis and the threat of nuclear weapons and World War One and Two and the rise of uh, what was happening in, in the world at those times, I don't, I wasn't, well, I was a young kid uh, way back when, but um, th th there were, other tragedies, there were other tragedies that Americans faced that we overcame as a country. And just now, it, it just might be a time to unite and to make a few sacrifices that, yes, it's true, your life is going to be disrupted a little bit. My Starbucks down the street wasn't open today. But you know what? That's okay. We'll just readjust and we'll figure it out. But it is not the end of the world. So with that... Take care of one another, right? Find the good, find the good, or find the find the helpers. Look for the helpers, as Mr. Rogers would say. And check in on your neighbors. Check in on your neighbors and, and use this time to to self-reflect and be grateful for your life and for 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 your family and, and, and who you are and, and what you have. 
And even though you might be laid off or you might be furloughed, um, that's never easy. It's never easy, folks. And, you know, you have to look at that and, and really ask yourself, what can you do um, to really find gratitude in your life outside of a tragedy or outside of a financial crisis? So with that, thanks for listening. I know that was a 20-minute rant or so, but I appreciate uh, you tuning in. I just wanted to get out there and, and uh, just provide any kind of information I can. Um, I do have a lot more podcasts coming up, uh, focusing on more of this topic and, and some strategies that I'm going to be writing about on my blog at inospire.com. So I'll have more information there. And, you know, otherwise... For, for most of you, just normalize for, for as much as you can. Normalize your business. I don't even know what the heck I mean by that. But just, <laughs> just know that uh, run your business as best as you can, as best as you can. And when in doubt, go with your gut. Go with your gut as long as you are treating people with dignity and respect and you do it through care and love. Go with your gut and people will understand and forgive you. So again, thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Giffen, and we'll see you next time.